When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we wrap it all up, folks. The season finally, um, sadly, happily, mercifully uh, comes to an end uh, in the only way it possibly could, getting walked off on after a blown save uh, by the worst team in baseball, or we'll see how that all does it. We'll wrap up all of the fun stuff going on around the league, too. There's still a little bit of drama left to unfold in this day. Not quite as much chaos as we were hoping for, uh, but still some potential for some chaos. Uh, And of course, We'll talk all about uh, the news that the Rockies have removed the interim tag from Bill Schmidt, and he will be uh, the general manager of the team moving forward. A lot to gi- digest today, Patrick. It's uh, it's also just the it, that's it, man. Season's over. It, it, there's also that just kind of end of. I feel like we need a a phrase for the just sort of postseason depression that sets in when you just go. And then that was the last pitch, out, run, whatever, of of the season. And regardless of where you stand on the spectrum of everything else we're going to talk about today, no more Rockies baseball until next year. And it's just kind of that, ah, yeah, mm, feeling that, feeling that. And it, it comes at an odd time. Again, we'll get to the game with them losing to a 110-loss team in walk-off fashion after having a 4-0 lead, it being a weird bullpen game. There's no story, Chuck or Crone in the starting lineup. There's a new GM that some people might not be too happy about. So weird confluence of events here in the final game of the season. But you know what? There is postseason baseball. If you're a baseball fan, you get excited about And we've got an offseason to figure out, see if we can – you know, kind of ameliorate, if you will, some of the issues that the Rockies have had this past year with being on Great the road word. and whatnot. Thank you very much. I don't say it quite as much as I write it. Oh. It rolls off the tongue there quite nicely. But Beautiful. 
you know what, it's baseball. So even in a losing fashion like this, even when you might be frustrated with your team and believe me, the you know, Rockies fans aren't the only ones right now that are frustrated at their team. I'm, I'm sure there's even some Dodgers fans who've been watching all game long who have probably saying, you know, had they made this move earlier or had they, had they done this, you know, they would have won 108 games or would have won 107 games and been able to, to take the Dodgers to a game 163. And there's a couple of teams in the American League that are going to be thinking the same thing when this thing is all said and done with and they right. don't make the postseason. So there can only be one big winner. Sure, there are 10 postseason teams, but there are 20 that really don't get to sniff it whatsoever. And even if you do get to sniff it, it still smells like crap. Yeah, yeah. It smells and, like and crap you know, if you don't get in. <laughs> well, you read my mind here. I was actually, I was talking with my fiance this morning and she asked me straight up, she goes, you know, so who had the more disappointing season, the Rockies or the Padres? So that's easy. It's obviously the Padres did, right? And so... It, you know, even if you want to get into all the weeds about how things maybe could have gone better for the Rockies if they'd lost more games, got a higher draft I think pick. That's right. Maybe no, I, they shift. No, you're right. I, I think it has to be the Padres was more disappointing just that's because more of disappointing. the expectations. That's I don't right. think Rockies fans had those expectations. I think even if you look at the expectations of as you were kind of touching on, like, all right, hey, if you're out of it. Ooh, you get some interesting prospects for Story and Gray. What if you package them together? And, oh, CJ Crone was good. You could turn around and deal him. Hey, they're going to maybe go outside the organization for new Gia. Like, oh, man, there's some potential there. That's nothing like the potential the Padres had. When you look at what they did on right. paper, you look at their transactions, and you go, okay, we're talking about a potential World Series this right. year. Whereas with yeah. the Rockies, had they maybe met the expectations, you go, all right, that expedites the timeline, but – you're still, you know, fairly far away. You got to make some more moves, but you feel right. better about the chances of it going. Those two things are light years apart. The Padres were 162 games away from going to the World Series, and now they're still 162 games. Yeah, that's, that's they got to wait till next year. Uh, it it really does blow my mind. They finished with five more wins than the Colorado Rockies, and then you get into the grand scope of things. And obviously, I was thinking more big picture and stuff yesterday. I promise we'll get to it. We'll get into it. But there was this sense of, like, the San Diego Padres own the worst winning percentage in the history of Major League Baseball. They're 30 of 30 of the teams that are remaining active. They, they have the worst winning percentage. And they've been around a lot longer than the Rockies and, and the Marlins and some of the other teams that are down there near the bottom, right? And the Rays who have been, but they've, they've gotten up in the last couple of years. And they haven't been to the postseason in 162-game season in over a decade, right? And they were not only supposed to be like, hey, we should we got a chance to get back to the postseason for the first time. And, and what, like you said, they were supposed to contend. And that's just so much more flabbergasting to me that, that like – those I really legitimately, and you you won't hear me say this on, on the show very often, folks, and I'm not talking about, we know there are some, look, everyone's got members of their community who on Twitter don't necessarily show the best for that community of fans. Um, I'll leave it at that. And the San Diego Padres certainly have their, their group, and a lot of us have interacted with some of them over the years. But you feel for the legit, you know, the, the people who are just like you, the Rockies fans, who've been through it, man, who've really been through it. 
and you're dealing with some hard news right now and you're frustrated and angry at this team. And yeah, but I, I do think maybe it's almost a commiserating thing. It's like we've been battling with the Padres all year. I've been doing this back and forth. And now it's almost like we all need to put our arms around each other and be like, God, neither franchise can seem to, no matter what, just can't seem to break out of this funk. Just can't seem to let your fans be happy for longer than those briefest of windows. And it's been the same for those two teams since they've both existed. And like you said, for several others, but it's brutal. It doesn't make it any less heartbreaking to watch unfold uh, like that. So bummer. That's, that's what being a fan is about is really, you know, dealing through those tough times and hopefully you're rewarded a little bit, you know, Mets fans, they've, they've suffered a lot, but they've won a lot too. Like not a ton, but they've won, maybe a thousand pounds worth, right? Not the yeah. full 2000 pounds of that ton, you know, just recently having gone to the uh, world series in, in 2015, kind of out of nowhere and, and really even taking over the city of New York for a short period of time. Uh, White Sox fans. I mean, shoot, they've, yeah, they won the world series in 2005, but you know, I think this is the first time they've now gone to the postseason and back to back years. Right. And, and last year was on, on the heels of, the the extended postseason right uh they've kind of you know fallen off the a little bit there uh in, in the central without any competition so we'll see what they do in the postseason there's there's a lot more fan bases i think than we realize i mean i don't even know the last time i've interacted with a white Sox fan right. to be honest right so i mean look at the energy with the mariners right now and it looks like sadly you know i, I haven't seen it the comeback it's like and it's just and you saw the call. I think everyone saw the call that went viral. Dave Sims, fantastic. Around the Mariners uh, with the Mitch Hanniger single. And they're still going to fall one game short again, heartbreaking. And they haven't been to the postseason since 2001. We all want that for Mariners fans because – especially if you're a Rockies fan or a Padres fan or a, you know, unless it's just out of spite, which to some degree I can understand, but no, you've got to, you've got to pull for those franchises because again, when you look at it and I was having this conversation with Goody the other day, the top six teams in the history of major league baseball, again, back to that, that winning percentage in the history of the Dodgers, the Yankees, the giants, uh, Boston Red Sox, uh chicago cubs are sixth so they're out this year but yeah and it's just those there and there they all are again it's looks looking like we're going to get yankees red Sox, you know rays of course chance to play spoiler again as, as they've been doing this last pretty close to a decade now which is pretty cool um but you're gonna see again, a's fall just short so the astros are back in they're doing they, they've kind of gotten into that a little bit lately but you see a lot of those familiar cardinals back in the postseason and as always <laughs> so it's just like man whenever one of those other teams can sneak in to me it always feels like it's one of us like once the season ends especially like in this moment like i said in the post after game 162 one <laughs> after game 161 after game 161 and you just the season is codified it's over it's a thing and then you go like you said the white Sox are interesting. Uh, you know, the, I would have loved the Mariners or the Blue Jays to to do the thing and go on a run because it feels like, hey, one of us made it. One of the also-rans from most of the time made it. Uh, it was going to be tough for me to embrace that with the Padres, but I'd have done it eventually. Tatis would have made it easy when I, once I started watching the games. But it's nice when one of the also-rans can get in. It is. It, it's better for balance. And, you know, it, it, it does make you think – 
there could be something to the idea of winning organizations, right? This idea that, oh, the same teams keep winning over and over again. But maybe that's also the those larger cities, right? Those metropolises back when there were only 16 teams that played in MLB and you, you either represented the American League, you were one of the top eight teams. Well, you were the top of eight teams. And there's <laughs> only eight in the National League. Right. And so there could be some history to that as well. But, you know, as you mentioned with, with teams like Tampa Bay, how they've they're able to figure it out with a shoestring budget. And, you know, maybe we can get we'll, – we'll get into the idea that, hey, maybe the Rockies will start to figure out some things like that too. And, you know, the Rockies will have their day. They, they had their day for a minute, you know, in 17 and 18. And, and you know, they were the – they were – I don't know they were the darlings of MLB, but people like rooting for the Rockies. I think as we're talking about certain fan bases and you feel yeah. bad for them, I think people – feel bad for our listeners right here, right now. Straight up. Right. And and they're like, oh, the Rockies are so inoffensive. It's like, oh, you got to go to Colorado in the summertime. Coors Field is always going to be on your top five on, on, on your list of places to go. It's like, if you are, you know, you're going to Milwaukee or you're going to Wisconsin, you're like, Hey, I'd love to go to Lambeau Field. That's just this iconic place. Coors Field is that iconic place yeah. for Denver and Colorado. And so, you know, Rockies fans are cool. They're relaxed. Uh, they're they're also fans of other teams too, and right. that that's something that you know, people definitely all around baseball and all around the country, they want to see the Rockies win too. You know, they're one of those yeah. beloved darling teams without really any scandals. That's the other thing too. You know, the Mariners just had that issue uh, last off season where they were talking about you know, yeah, no, we're we manipulated a uh, service time with Jared Kelnick and yeah, no, we're, we're not going to be bringing back Kyle Seeger and, you know, saying some other things and the Mets have had some issues in their front office. You know, um, the Rockies have done a pretty good job of, of staying out of those scandals. And I think that helps and that can enhance the, you know, interest in, in other fan bases saying, yeah, come on Rockies. Yeah. Let's, let's get it together. We'd love to see you guys win. Your fans deserve, you know, some, some success too, a little bit more. Yeah, there was something that happened yesterday, and this is perhaps unfair of me, but I'm, I'm going to go into an ad break so we can separate two in between. But I'm, I'm going to say this. There was a thing that happened in the world of sports yesterday while obviously a lot of people were really angry at the Rockies. Wrestling is CU, not a sport, Drew. Oh, oh no, sorry. Uh, with CU football, for those of you that saw it, that saw it. And I know, <laughs> I know my brain – doesn't work how it's supposed to, but it essentially went straight to like, you know, given all of the frustration and everything that's gone on in this franchise, not just in the last couple of years, but for decades, like, like you were just saying, at the very least, they are inoffensive and that ain't nothing. I've never in my life seen a, a Rockies coach or a player or a GM uh, treat someone who is just doing their job like that. And I know CU football hasn't scored in four games or whatever it is, and you're frustrated and you're angry. But again, you don't think these other guys get frustrated too at the losing? They No one likes to lose. I'll tell you that much right now. You may think some people are okay with it based on whatever else. We'll dive into it. But no one likes to lose. Not in pro sports. That's not what you get in sports to do. So let's get into it. Let's. But we're, we got to prepare ourselves. So grab your Breck broom. Get, I've got the Juice Drop IPA right here. You got to grab your Breck Brew. Uh, if you got your Celsius, that's good. It's still Celsius season. It's always Celsius season, especially 
uh, if you're slightly more health conscious than I am, which doesn't take uh, a whole lot with all the, what with all the Breck brews and the Wagyu beef and all of that. But seriously, the seltzer's delicious. You can get 15 canned samplers of either down at your uh, uh, local King Supers liquor store. You get a bigger one, of course, the DMVR bar for being a member of the family. Do subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You get access to all the written content, constant discounts, access to our Discord channel, a free shirt. And uh, you get to come hang out with us at the, down at the bar. Get to go and uh, be a part of the DNVR tailgate parties. Man, those look like fun. I got to get out and be a part of that. Uh, and they've got sexy pizza for you. That's right. Part of what they're doing out there is all you can eat sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer with the DNVR Broncos family. It's 20 bucks to get in at 18th and Federal next to the stadium. And then it's all you can eat. You get a party with all of our people, hang out. Uh, you can also get round trip tickets on the party bus. So you can go down to the DMVR bar and chill. The pizza's fantastic. Uh, you gotta, gotta get in on the sexy pizza to tailgate parties. Uh, hoping the Broncos can pull this one out if you're listening to this later and they didn't, sorry. Uh, but they're, they're having a fun season still. I'm into it. Let, let's all you know, support these other teams. If if we're going to be frustrated about the Rockies, you know, got to go out and, and support the uh, the Nuggets and Avalanche and hope that the Broncos can battle their way back into relevancy as well. I think the next tailgate I, I will be going, and I probably won't have a ticket to the Broncos game. Like, I, I there's no rules against that, and I, right. that sounds crazy, but it's I feel like it's one of those things where if you don't intentionally think, well, wait a minute. I, I just kind of want to go and hang out with those guys a little bit and, you know, then go to the bar after, but I still want to get that tailgate vibe in. And for 20 bucks, I mean, if it's all I can drink and all I can eat with pizza, not just any pizza, sexy pizza, it's really almost like, yeah, you know what? It, it's going to be cheaper than doing anything else uh, in the morning or, or, or early afternoon. So it's just a good investment, I think, really. That, that, that's how I'm selling it, at least to yeah. myself. Yeah, no, absolutely, hundred percent. I might try. I might. I might pull that same move. I might. <laughs> I might have to back you up on that. Like, oh, were you seated? And then you know. Uh, oh yeah. It would I'm be the, weird. Yeah. We'd in the orange guys. seats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Patrick. Yes, let's get into it. The Bill Schmidt news. Uh, something that yes, even I knew was coming. Even though uh, a month or so ago I was still on the train of. I I think they're going to go out and look. Uh, they did not. They did not go out and look. They did not do the full uh, interview process in the offseason. They just decided a day before the season ended for some reason to just kind of good announce. Timing. It's uh, actually good timing. And if uh, if you know your public relations, I think it's sh- sure. I Take think out it's the just before the postseason, right? Because you're you you know there is there are rules about making certain announcements like this. Yeah, so you can't do it during the postseason. And if you wait to do it, you know, November 1st, whenever you know, the, the final out of the World Series is made, then that becomes the story for the entirety of the offseason. It almost becomes front page news. It still is, but in a weird way, it kind of, I don't think it entirely sweeps it under the rug, but does it when the team is on the road, which, again, we, we know is just easier. And that's just a common thing on, on how you do business. You know, frankly, you know, the, the most recent piece I wrote about, you know, Trevor story kind of getting this, this great send off um, by Rockies fans, by, by you guys out there doing that and giving that to him and his reception of that and him, 
you know, kind of saying goodbye to you guys, it's just rare, you know, especially right. when guys are on the, the trade block, you know, typically those trades are made when the team is on the road. That's kind of an industry standard for better or worse. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's really trying to sweep it under the rug because, you know, they're still, we'll, we'll see if they have an immediate availability, you know, coming up this week to, to talk about this, this off season or, or plans, or if there's going to be other announcements about, uh, a new team president, things of that nature. It kind of is what it is. So the timing is weird, but in the grand scheme of things, you, I guess you, you understand it a little bit and you say, ah, eh, okay, let, let this guy go and do his job. Not have to worry about, you know, when, when's the big press conference, he can just kind of go dive in. And he's already been doing that. Believe yeah. it or not. He's and he did chat that. with um, KOA and you know, the, there's some stuff he, he's been certainly more transparent yeah. than the last guy again. Oh, it wasn't set uh, a lot more. The bar wasn't set high. He's been way more transparent than Jeff Breidich. Um, but so I, I want to say this thing. Something said somebody said this to me a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. And I really wish I, I can't find the comment again. And at the time, I thought that's a really good point, man. Well said, uh, you know, and I wish I had taken this person's name down because this comment has like spread from interesting point to fascinating philosophy that I'm going to continue to apply to almost every area of my life. And it was in the conversation about the Nolan Arenado trade. And he said to me this, and I'm sorry, I can't attribute this again to the person who said it At the time. I just, I didn't think enough of it, but it's, I've thought about it every day since this person said to me, we all have a hard time separating the context of the Nolan Arenado trade from the Nolan Arenado trade. And those are two different things. And he's like, you're trying to talk about the trade, war for war, dollar for thing, whatever. But there's this whole other thing that casts a giant shadow, as well it should, over it. And with that issue, I completely understood the shadow and always did. This thing here is where I get myself into some trouble because... There's the thing, which is, will Bill Schmidt make the Rockies a better baseball team? What are his ideas and philosophies? What does he plan to do moving forward? And arguably, most importantly, will he be allowed to do that? All of those things are what is you know on the table that I like to, to sit at, <laughs> if we will, right? But then, of course, there's this other conversation, the context of the thing, which is Dick Monfort never goes outside the organization. The Colorado Rockies have not been successful. They've been insular. They refuse to do things in a certain fashion. And by not doing those things, they essentially are continuing a cycle of futility or mediocrity. Pick your, your favorite word there, right? And while I find that conversation fascinating, and we can, and I'm sure we will keep hashing it out here for a minute, it, it is where I, I find that emotions almost always get the best of us. They did with David Dahl and the initial announcement of the All-Star game and the initial prognostications that the Rockies were going to lose 100 games and, and all of these types of things. And that's why I do prefer to stay, right, 
on the other table. But I don't, I, I feel like there have been times in the past that I have failed to hear that other side, the context conversation, because I do find it practically unnavigable. And that's a, that's a me issue. Uh, so I don't want to put out there like, I don't hear you just because I'm not also angry at this because my position is I actually think Bill Schmidt makes perfect sense in this role if the Rockies pair it with another thing that I think they're likely to do and allow him to do what he's going to do. So that's where, you know, that that's that's my take on it right at this point is that it's difficult to separate those two conversations. And I totally understand why. And so what I want to do is to sort of respect the contextual conversation, but almost remove myself from it because I don't know that there's much that I can say that's going to make anyone feel any better. Um, and, and the last thing that I want to do is feel like I'm kicking Rockies fans when I'm down. You're my people. You've always been my people from the very beginning. And I don't mean from the beginning of BSN. I mean, from when I turned five years old and entered T-ball, you've always been my people. So I don't want to put anybody down. I can only say that my reaction to the news was, okay, you can do this right, but you have to, because no matter how you, you talk about the rest of it, this is a PR nightmare. It's an absolute PR disaster. And so I get why they just want to put on their blinders and go PR schmear. The media always hates us. People are always thinking that the only thing we can do to make people like us back is win. And on that, they're right. That may be the one thing that everybody involved in the media, the fans, and in the front office agree upon, that the only way to fix this is to win. It cures all problems, right? Winning cures all problems. I was thinking about, you know, going back and, right, because there are a lot of people frustrated since, you know, the, the organization did publicly say that they were going to go, um, they were going to, they were going to conduct a search in the off season and that they were going to look outside the organization. Not necessarily because, you know, there is a, a CELIG rule in place, uh, similar to the Rooney rule in the NFL, just saying that, you know, you, you're required to, you know, interview minority candidates, um, and, and really just, just, you know, give some opportunity out there, um, to, to just, just some other candidates, because again, it, it gives more, uh, presence and awareness of people that are really quality candidates. Like that's how, you know, we first heard about Kim Ang, where she was a name that popped up and she had gotten a lot of interviews and right. you, and right. you start to know, I mean, we, we did an episode in the off season about, okay, who are the best candidates? And a lot of them were folks that were interviewed previously and you go okay that's a good sign that's an indicator that they are on the cusp of something right so they they didn't they didn't do that they they failed to do that and you go well okay they like what they saw but it's still frustrating it feels like it was a lie it feels like maybe there, there wasn't entirely a lot of honesty there and we might never know the truth to that but yeah you can have a feeling you can yeah. have a thought and say hey I understand why you think there was a lie by the front office there or, or by the owner. Yeah. 
I want to jump in. I talked for a long time, so I want to jump in real quickly and then let you get right back in there because there's just a lot to say on this. But, uh, you know, when it when it came to that issue, I will say this and somebody asked me this and and it's fair because I did talk about my sources and stuff. Do you feel like you were lied to? And my answer to that question is no, I don't feel like I was lied to. I kept up on this situation basically on a weekly basis. I think things changed. Uh, I will say to your point, that is the thing that I am most frustrated about. That is the place where uh, I, I do feel like I don't just empathize, but sympathize with the Rockies fandom here, which is the not going out and just conducting the search, just doing the due diligence, which is something again, that they said they were going to do publicly. I was told privately that they were going to do. And I do think, and and they said this yesterday, and I get why people don't want to take them at their word. So again, but it is also part of our jobs as reporters to report what they say. And Dick Monfort did say that they did intend to do that. Now, I understand why people, again, if you feel like you were lied to last time, why isn't he lying to you this time? Fair enough. There's nothing I can say that's going to convince you of anything. Otherwise, I will just tell you that no, from what I viewed personally, what I observed and the questions that I asked to people who were at times in the room, my understanding was, yes, that was their intention and that I can't get too deeply into what changed, but it had, well, maybe I can, maybe I can talk about this. I just have to be very careful with my language. And I talked about it in the discord channel today, but I have had multiple sources. Uh, I'm going to fall right into this. Well, again, <laughs> just in defense of the sources that I had before, listen to what my sources say. Now I get how it sounds. Look, it is what it is. If I'm wrong in a couple of weeks, month, whatever it is, I'll say that again, too. It's wrong again. I'll be wrong many, many times throughout the... Anyone who's listened to this show for a long time knows. Pretty used to being wrong by now. I believe that there is another front office move coming. And that that impacted this entire situation. And I'll be very curious to see if that A, happens, and B, in any way satiates some of the fans. I think some fans actually will find it to be an amenable situation. And some will say, ah, it doesn't matter to me. Fair enough. But I think if the Rockies do further front office restructuring that involves bringing in somebody from outside the organization, technically, <laughs> that will go a long way. Um, toward winning the PR battle? Don't know. Toward actually solving the problem? That I'm much more confident in. So again, I want to give people space to feel what they're feeling right now. And maybe that's a conversation for tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Let's get Shakespearean on the show today. Uh, but at some point, the, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe this is the trick of the PR. Of it. I said I was going to talk for a short minute and get out, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> to say and do it when they did and just have us sit on it because then the conversation, once the World Series is over, can move to, okay, what are they going to do? But yeah, okay, I promise, I promise I'm out for a minute. I want, I want to get more of your thoughts on this, and, and I know you're, you're tied in. Uh, 
to a lot. Yeah, they got to win, right? They they got to win. I think that that's the thing that would would cure it. And to to pull from a, a wrestling term uh, that we know here is you know with with interviewing some more people. Hey, they they would have put over some other people, right? They would have given somebody else the shine. Would have given somebody else the rub to say, hey, you know that helps them advance in their career. And it also maybe get some new ideas and get some fresh blood in, in an organization. You know, um, when you've you know, historically not been a very successful franchise, or even if you just want to look at the last three seasons have not been successful. Now going into 2019, again, all the pieces were there for them to do it. So I sort of give them some credit, might even stretch the the window of contention to a slight degree and say, oh, maybe even the second half of 2016, or there are the pieces there and say, all right, you know, there were like three seasons really where the Rockies were contenders and they made the postseason twice there um but it's been now two and a half seasons of you know irrelevance and you say maybe we haven't figured this out clearly we we know that Coors Field has its own issues and you know it's a it's a special place for for better or worse and it takes some special minds that are familiar with it (laughs) with the situation and I think the Rockies are always going to have people that are familiar with the situation right like they've got you know close to a hundred coaches, I'm sure, uh, maybe not exactly, but a lot of coaches that are familiar with the situation. So no one's going to really forget that piece. But what I think gets lost by not bringing in that fresh blood is some new radical thinking ideas. Now, obviously if someone just comes in and says, Oh, well, what if you had a, you know, a hundred million dollar starting rotation and you go went and you went and sought out those guys, well, that probably wouldn't work. Then again, these people that typically get hired for these positions or a lot of the assistant general managers uh, that that get interviewed for a spot like this to take the top you know job as GM, you know they've they've got uh, some serious background in in some Ivy League schools, right? They're young, they're they're forward thinking people where they can balance and say, all right, well, if you're not going to allow me to do this, I can try this other thing. And so I think some of the frustration with fans is, it's just the same old, same old. But the one thing that I will say is, you know, there has been some real positive change under under Bill Schmidt. Is it enough to move the needle to get them, you know, to be more of a perennial contender? Or does that move up the timeline to contend, you know, where it still feels like it's going to be four or five years away? Uh, I don't know. That That remains to be seen. But He's already been working on hiring some uh, analytic people. Uh, we know Scott uh, Van Lenten, I, I believe that's his name. You know, was hired, brought in from the Nationals organization. I've spoken with him. You know, he's getting himself acclimated on a lot of things. He's diving in head first. That's well, essentially everybody a, where he's from. Hire. He's from New Jersey. It should be known. Uh, they're hiring a few other people from the analytics department that uh, they're going to try to you know bolster that. And so. And, and as we said, you know, Bill Schmidt is around a lot more. He's, he's a lot more accountable. You know, he's, he, he's been at the ballpark every day. And so I think that's had some positive impact on the team. I think that's had some positive impact on the coaching staff. And it's allowed us to kind of pick his brain a little bit more. And so does that, does that add up to, you know, a winning culture? Does that add up to maybe making the postseason next year? And, and what are they going to do financially? 
some comments have come out from Greg Fiesel about you know what they're going to do that suggests maybe they'll be spending $25 million, let's say. That's just a ballpark figure. I don't know. So I understand the frustration by Rockies fans. It seems like a, a lateral move in some ways, but there are some positives to be taken out of this. And and I don't know. We're going to see, like, like all of you, we're going to see what happens. And it's an offseason. And they're one year away from the pandemic where, you know, they're, they're in the top 10 in attendance. So they've got some money to spend. I don't think it'll just be on a John Gray. I mean, maybe, maybe they fudged, they fudged a few things, right? Like he's, like he said, did they lie? No, but maybe they fudged some things. Are they fudging what they're going to do this off season and bringing in some veterans and spending some money and say, you know, the, the one comment was, Hey, in 2023, we're going to get the payroll yeah, back was, to where it was in 1819. Yeah. But it's in I, the ballpark of 2018 19. So you can fudge the numbers. And, you know, where does that go? Again, I, I don't know because Nolan Arenado is set to make another, I think, an additional $10 million that the Rockies have to pay the Cardinals. Right. So that $10 million, that counts towards your payroll. And are you taking credit for something that you really shouldn't be? I don't know. Yeah. And, and, I don't know how much this is. Uh, you know, the ball under the cup trick Yeah, to yeah, find yeah. out. But uh, I think that's where a lot of people feel like is that there's a, there's a lot of moving parts and it, it doesn't seem like it's entirely on the up and up. Um, yeah. Not sure what to say about again on, on the up and up again. I don't, that, that, that one's tough to me to get the, can the- here actually said something really cool. You know, they didn't lie to us. They misled us. It, there's a there's a difference in that. And again, I don't necessarily even know if misled is the See, word I would want to use. Again, but it's not. I, I don't necessarily know it was a lie. But it, you know what? It feels like one. I it, think. I, and fair enough. And you know what? If, that's if all. I if I say to you, hey, Patrick, meet me at the DMVR bar at seven. I promise you, I'm going to be there. Absolutely. And then. My car won't start. Whatever happens, if it doesn't happen, I can't get there, and I don't meet you at the bar at 7. And I go, hey, man, it was my intention to be at the bar at 7 o'clock, and I didn't manage to get there. You know, have I lied to you? So, again, it's these are – But what if – You want to use that scenario. What if it was because, hey, I had to stop to get gas? You go, again, no, come right. on. Did you value totally, yeah. my time? Sure. Shouldn't you have been there at 7? Shouldn't you have gotten gas previously? Isn't that all within, within your control? hundred percent fair. And that's why all that gray area, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to, to get to, you were talking about, here's the quote in the Denver post in 2022, we're going to go up a little bit. <clears throat> Could have used some more specifics there. Cause <laughs> then he says in 2023, we'll be back to 18, 19 levels, which suggests to me, they're saying, give us one more year to recover from the pandemic. They won't show us their books. So we, again, gets back in that whole trust problem that everyone has with the team. And, I, and I'm with you. And you and I had this conversation. We've had it publicly. We've had it privately. We've talked about this a lot. What do they have to spend? What really are they going to do, considering they don't have the Arenado and story contracts on the books anymore? And saying, we're going to go up a little bit, didn't really shine a ton of light on that. It didn't really uh, give us that one. So it's like, okay, uh, yeah. But then you know, the, we'll be back to 18, 19 levels where they were right around, you know, the middle of the pack in, in baseball in the next couple of years. And one last point that I'll make on that is they've, 
almost kind of walked back their comments too about trying to compete immediately next season and saying things like we hope to take a big step forward next season and then get back to competing in years after that and i actually think that's the more reasonable strategy and and one that you can pull off given your resources but we, we can get into all of that uh again here in just a minute we can keep this going for a while but i do have to speaking of resources help out our friends at Ball Corporation. They're absolutely fantastic. Help them out. They help us out by creating sustainable materials, by creating aluminum cans, jars, glass, all kinds of phenomenal stuff that can be reused essentially forever. Super useful stuff. Uh, they've got just top of the charts ratings from environmental groups and also human rights campaign with the Corporate and Quality Index score, excuse me, of over, uh, of over, no, you can't have over 100%, of 100%, of over 100%, that would be impressive, but like at that point, they're like, <laughs> like so, curing disease and stuff, <laughs> like you can't, like they just treat everybody super, super awesome, uh, you get equal opportunity to get hired, to advance, uh, to get pay raises, all of those kinds of things, so if you're looking for some work, text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN, or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. You really could not find a better place to work. Speaking of uh, finding a better place, if you want someone to find your better place, you want it to be all smoothed out, nice and Nice and clean and nice and manscaped. That's right. Use the promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping. You don't want to get any nicks. You don't want to have any problems down there. You want top-of-the-line tools for your family jewels. That's what the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, all that stuff comes in there. There's two free gifts if you get the big performance package 4.0. They got spritzer, they got deodorant, they got the most comfortable pair of boxers that you have ever worn in your life. Really nice shed travel bag. So again, check out everything they've got. Treat yourself and whoever's treating you by using promo code DNVR at manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that's DNVR at manscaped.com. The thing I keep coming back to with this organization is... And we've, we've talked about this for years. You know, when you're a small market club, you can't deal with major setback. You know, teams like the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, they can get creative because they've got the financial flexibility to do that in so many different ways. And, man, I mean – I get real creative with $2 billion. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates, I mean, in many ways – I, I don't know if that this would have solved everything, but had the Pittsburgh Pirates not gone after Chris Archer, they would still have Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and now rookie Shane Baz. Yeah. So they gave up those three guys, and they got really nothing back in Chris Archer. And so that's really set them back. They've, they've had issues for a while, but that one singular trade set them back. And I think for the Rockies – we are still feeling the effects and, and it will be, a, you know, it really could be a few years. It doesn't mean it can't be overcome, but we're still feeling the effects of Dick Momford choosing to stick with Jeff Breidich 
over Nolan Arenado. Like you, you think about the end of 2019 season, those two guys, you know, have this issue and it, it comes to a head and Arenado is the one that has to go. And now you, you know, you're sending money to St. Louis, you're bringing back some good prospects, but the other element to that we're not realizing because here we are at the end of the season, Trevor story, you know, he, he, he sits out the final game of the season. You go, ah, why didn't you trade him at the deadline? Well, you know, we weren't getting the offers we, we, we thought we were going to get, and it wasn't better than a compensation pick true or, or false. We don't know, but had you traded him in the off season, you would have had a lot of teams knocking down your door and you easily would have gotten something better than a compensation pick, but you can't trade Arenado. You can do them both story. in the, <laughs> the same off season. So think about that domino effect at yeah. how they had to get rid of Arenado. It, yeah. They couldn't get rid of story at that point. And, mm-hmm. and you look at what Cleveland ended up getting a decent package of players, um, you know, for Francisco Lindor, no superstars, but you know, Amid Rosario, you know, is, finding some new positions in the outfield. Um, and, and, and I think Andres Jimenez is, is a nice piece. So, again, it's been this domino effect. And then you go, oh, man, what could the Rockies have gotten in a, in a different year maybe had they made a move sooner on Breidich and kept Arenado or traded Arenado after 2019 and made a better decision and say, look, this is not going to fix itself. Let's go ahead and, and move Arenado. And then the next offseason, let's move Story because – Honestly, we're not really going to be contenders. We think we got a good squad, but we're not going to be contenders. Let's trade him. And and those prospects that, that you could have gotten a year or two ago for an Arenado, for a story, for maybe even, even John Gray, we'll see what happens if they can bring him back. And you go, hey, those guys are already on the precipice. We, we've seen it. You know, Gomber's already jumped in. Fantastic pickup. Elhiris Montero is is jumping in there and, and making some big moves in AAA. And you go, wow, hey, they've kind of rebounded pretty darn quickly, but they Dick Monfort went with Breidich over Arenado, and we're still kind of seeing those dominoes fall in line. And it's it's gonna be a few years. It's that's what happens when again you're a small market team. If you make a certain wrong choice it could have very lasting effects on your organization. Happened with Mike Hampton, yeah. right? Oh, 100%. Uh, it's a shame. One of the very few things that I, I keep up that I can actually watch during the baseball season is, you know, if there's – it's based on the comic book, I'll watch it, right? So the what-ifs are going on with Marvel right now and that idea that you go back to this one moment in time and you change one thing. I even wrote an article. I'll probably write another one or two based on the premise because – And I think you're right. I would back it up even one more step because I think there was an event that precipitated that. And that was, and this is to to your point, 100% on Dick Monfort. This wasn't even a Jeff Breidich thing. So the other thing, because I I could, if I was still in the debating mood right now, I could have battled back on some of what you said and say, well, at least that was all Jeff Breidich, right? At least Bill Schmidt so far hasn't alienated any superstars. Has, you know, I, I could have gone down the list or whatever. But I, I, I'd go back one step further and say it was the letting go of DJ LeMahieu. There are certain people who are important to the culture of an organization far beyond what is even measurable on the field. And I always thought DJ was underrated for his measurables. I, 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 
banged that drum for years. Uh, it was always my answer. Who's the most underrated player in baseball? DJ LeMahieu. Don't have to think about it. Nowadays, I'd have to think a little bit harder. It's, you know, I'd have to go out there. But it, it was DJ for six years running. Uh, that was, in my mind, the dumbest thing that Dick Monfort has done in the last decade. And we, again, I know people would haggle. You say choosing Arenado over Breidich is, or, or Breidich over Arenado, obviously terrible. Obviously terrible. That's that's worse in a vacuum. But he wouldn't have even been in the position to have to make that decision if he'd have just opened up the pocketbooks and made one exception for one guy that means everything to you, or he should, he should have, and he didn't. That's a gigantic miss. That's that's huge. And so to me, like that would have been maybe an extra five, six million dollars. Like that's right. it over over right. the, over two years too. Right. On top of that, again, we don't know what the, the actual figures were exchanged, but it wouldn't have been that much. Yeah, and he's owned up point. to it, which is kind of like hearing your girlfriend say, I never should have cheated on you. It's like, great, Dick. You never should have done that. We all know. We all know. But that was the one. And then it precipitated. And that shouldn't like, be that big of a domino, if you think about it, really. Like, oh, losing DJ LeMahieu. Double down on yeah. everything yeah. after that. They didn't go to their star player and appease him and say, here's the human part. Of of making it work, where you know, well, sorry, it couldn't happen with him. We're gonna try to do a little bit of what you want, even if it's unreasonable. Do it. Do what Nolan Arenado wants, but to stick your heels in the mud, it was stupid. It was crappy. I said at the time, and and again, back to the point that the person made to me on Twitter, the context of it. That was the context of it, and the Rockies screwed up ten out of ten. And then by the Rockies, I mean Dick Momfort and Jeff Breider specifically. Screwed up 10 out of 10 of the things that led up to the Nolan Arenado trade. But to twist it back around just a little bit more to make my other point, that doesn't mean, at least to me, that you go, okay, so no amount of what Austin Gomber or Ayla Harris Montero does can ever make up for it. Because in my mind, those guys are awesome, and it turns out, that the Rockies are actually better off without star players, which is something I've been on for a long time. And you all know I've been there for a while, which is hard for me because that's the one thing the Rockies have always had. But I don't think you win with star players here. I'm not down with the – you can make your, your raise point here. I don't want to undercut it by saying I'm not sure. Maybe you'll sell me now. Maybe I'm in a place where I can buy it now. You know, I don't know they can do all that wheeling and dealing. I don't know that they can have zero people for their fans to latch on to and, and care about and do the thing. But I don't think I, – I think if star players w- helped you win pennants in Colorado, they don't want a pennant in Colorado. Very true. Well, Tampa Bay Rays don't have any fans, so that's how they can get away with trading the entire 40-man roster over the course of <laughs> no 18 months. But and one guy that has never been on the Tampa Bay Rays, although he's been on just about every other team, was today's starter in the Rockies game. Unfortunately, we know they lost <sighs> five to four. Again, story Blackman Crone, you know, not not in the lineup. 
Cronin um, Blackman did get into the game and throw a base in. hit, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> DJ Crone also that his double, his 60th extra base hit, only the 21st player in team history to ever do that. Isn't that wild? Which is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they've had, you know, Helton did it 10 times and, and Bichette and Walker did it six times each. I think we had Arenado had five. Uh, Vinny also had it five. I'm going off the top of the dome here as, as I should. I'm a professional broadcaster, right? I should know. Tulo had four, Cargo four. So that he's he's on that list with with one-timers, Charlie Hayes, Jeff Cirillo, Jeremy Burnitz. And speaking of guys like Jeremy Burnitz, because if you follow us on Twitter, DNVR underscore Rockies, threw out a trivia question, which Ashton Gando is part of the answer or the question it, it depends on the jeopardy style but this was his this is his first career start after passing through waivers six different times being on the rockies three to different times over the last year right he was originally claimed by by the pirates last november then he ended up coming back and then they passed him through waivers again and then he was purchased uh back by bill schmidt from the reds he's the first starting pitcher the first pitcher in any capacity from the state of arkansas for the Rockies, how does I don't know, how does that blow your hair back? I love it. There, there is another player that the Rockies have had from Arkansas. His name, you'll never guess it. But go ahead, throw a name out. I, I was gonna say there's if no. If it's Johan Flond, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> right, right. Boone Logan. Uh, I don't not know. bad. He that's a that's a very that Arkansas like name. Arkansas name, right? <laughs> that's an Arkansas name. Jason Bimel. Chu Freeman. Okay, Chu Freeman's Chew from Freeman. Arkansas. Born in Arkansas, at least. But the question that we put out on Twitter at Will, you remember Chu Freeman? <laughs> I thought he I thought he was on the Rockies a lot earlier. I thought he was during the you know 93, 95 range, but no, oh, yeah, no, that's a early 2000s, 2000s. right? Yeah. Right. I love the my by the way, my family love fest going on here because my mother got her pick on the <laughs> on the 75 wins. Of course, they come in one under, but it was a wheel of no, no, price is right situation. Where, you know, you're, you're under by one. She got the W on the the pool. Seventy five wins she picked ahead, so she was closer than either of us. We gotta mm-hmm. gotta have her on the show more. <laughs> so we have Ashley Godot, Jonathan Daza. What do these guys have in oh, common yeah. okay. for the Rockies? Sungwano, Jair Jurgens, J.D. Clauser, Octavia Dotel, Jeremy Burnitz, Masato Yoshi, and Quentin McCracken. These, do you know? Do you do you know? So the I, I, I don't know for sure. I saw okay. several people guessing on Twitter. Not a good guess. guess. The guess that seemed closest to me was guys that had like left the organization and come back. That was the one that seemed most likely to me. But I, I couldn't place each one of the Jeremy. Uh, you said Jeremy was Jeremy Burnett on the list, or was he? He was on the list. Uh, he was, so he, he didn't leave the organization and come back. Daza so never left and, and hasn't came back. left and come back. Uh, it's almost like, a list where if you forget about Godot and Daza and maybe even Sungwon O, and you guys. just go, okay, Jair Jurgens, Octavia Dotel, Masato Yoshi, Quinton McCracken. And, and yeah, let's go with just those hmm. names. Listen to the names. Just listen now. Masato. Don't think about them. Okay, okay. Listen Don't think about them. the ball players. Listen to the names. Sungwon O, Jonathan Daza, Jair Jurgens, Octavia Dotel, Masato Yoshi, Quinton McCracken. 
<laughs> There's these, something weird about the initials. These are all players who are double unique. Double unique. No one in MLB history double unique has thing. ever had their first name and no one has ever had their last name. That's amazing. Now, J.D. Closser is a weird one because you're like, well, J.D. There's J.D. JD. Martinez. He's, he has the uh, the periods. He's J. Oh. period, D. period. Kind of like D.J. LeMahieu is just D.J. He's just D.J. But J. Dot. C.J. So J.D. Closser is a weird one. C.J. does the dots. Yeah. C.J. CJ Nikowski. Sure. A lot of guys like that. So Ryan El Tapia was on the list. We talked about that in the last year. Tapia was on the list previously. Domingo Tapia last year in 2020. Maybe he was a Mariners reliever, but Domingo Tapia knocked Ryan off the list. But those are the double uniques that no one has had their first name. No one has ever had their last names. I love that. I love that just That's so much. Cool, I don't know right? if you saw Adam uh, borrowed that for the Nuggets, and they got a bunch of them on the Nuggets oh, really? right now. I was I shocked. They got like five because they got some a lot of weird, European names. Uh, Faco Kampazu obviously was one of them, right? He's like, okay, yep, that sounds like a double unique. But yeah, I should have gotten it. I feel there's also been a lot less basketball players too, <clears throat> just in right. general. Like if you just go back and look, whereas. You know, MLB, we got we're at twenty over twenty two thousand ball players, right? And and, and two thousand were just added uh, from the Negro leagues this off season too. Right, so that could have kind of put a wrench in some things. So, yep, just just got those uh, eight guys. And then Jeremy Burnitz is a weird one. You go, Jeremy. There's a million Jeremys. Jeremy. J e r o m y. Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, that's an interesting one. So good, so good. Loving it, loving it so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, we can't forget first plate appearance for Daniel Bard since 2012. He only had two of them. Right. Got his third today. Got a base hit today. Right. His first ever base hit in a career that started back in 2009. How about that? How about them apples? And uh, probably, almost certainly, we'll never have another opportunity to take. And at bat, so we finished with a three thirty three career yeah. batting average. Yeah, and a thousand in the NL. I, I I said it wrong earlier on Twitter, but yeah, it's just there it's you like go. Back in the National League is batting a thousand. I was like, that's I love this stupid sport. It's amazing. So I'm I'm a little bit worried that Bard and Marquette Bard may you know force a split in votes. Come on, man! Know, when it comes to the Silver Slugger, they're like, I can't give it to two guys on the same team. Let's go over here and get – oh, no, that would really be a shame. Uh, that'd be, Folks, that'd be brutal. Uh, but because Ashton Godot, not just because he's a double unique, but because he joined the class of people who have started Major League Baseball games, which, folks, that's a small group of people. Like, I don't I know. Mean, how, how many starters do you think – of? how many pitchers do you question. think have ever started a game? We got 22,000. Overall. Half of them are going to be pitchers, right? I think we think about maybe right. even less, a slightly less because so many positions, a little under half. 10,000 people have started a major, league. it's it got to be, be under that. It's got to be under that. I'm gonna say around 8,000, let's say, yeah, but that's not a lot. I mean, yeah, most of us have been to concerts of... with more people than that. <laughs> Ashton deserves a bit of an award, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he deserves to be our 
draft king of the game. Uh, yeah, not the most inspiring line of all time. Three innings pitch, just the one hit, no runs given up, a couple of walks. But he's been really good as of late, and and you do just have to tip your cap to these moments where a guy gets to put a feather in the cap of a career, which, as we said, he's played for everybody already before having even gotten to this point where he gets to make a start, like the journey of a major league baseball player, just to get to that. Like, it's great when you can be our man Marquez, and at 23 years old, we're already calling you a future all-star. Most guys aren't that. Uh, and Ashton Godot gets to write his name into the history books as someone who started a major league baseball game. And he went out there and he, he showed well for himself as he's continued to do for most of the second half. So yeah, he's somebody, he clearly is a Bill Schmidt guy. I, I think you can, there's not much more of a way to send a clearer message than reacquiring a guy you've brought into the organization before. And you know, I think he'll be an intriguing piece. He's not someone who's going to move the needle and get you really excited, but every team needs guys like this to be successful, and you could find worse people to root for than Ashton Goodell. He's good people. Ashton's good people, double unique. First career start, age 29, and passed around the major leagues, and here he does uh, goes out. Does really well, keeps him in this game. Rockies are up four nothing at one point, and then the rest of the bullpen coughs it up, unfortunately. Sure. But congrats, oh, yeah. congrats there, Ashton. Will's point that Daniel Bard could be the last pitcher to ever take an at bat for the Colorado Rockies. Right. So remember that trivia question. True. <laughs> like what a random. Uh, you would not have thought it'd be a relief pitcher. What a weird game. What a what a very strange game. And yeah. You know, as I said on Twitter, probably the most fitting way for this season to end. Like, you thought for a second, hey, maybe, and then you go, oh, nope. And then you go, yeah, well, that's what we thought. You know, had the opportunity. Um, a 74-win team is honestly, again, going back to it, what I thought they was. So, uh, <laughs> actually, even a little bit better than what I thought they was, as yeah. it turned out. So I had 66 wins. I think you had 70. So, yeah. And uh, DraftKings had them at 63. So Ooh. comfortable over there. You, you got well over that. And there's going to be a lot, folks. There's uh, I know we couldn't get to it all today. I know there's a lot more thoughts out there. The great thing about this is that we're not going anywhere. Uh, the Colorado Rockies have to go home for the winter time, but we are going to be here uh Every day of the offseason, just as we normally are, we're going to do a lot of postseason stuff. I think probably more deeply covering the postseason than we have in the past. I'm, I'm hoping we can watch a couple of games down at the bar to uh, really get into it. Uh, maybe have our guy Drew Goodman out, watch some games, talk about the current state of baseball. And, and of course, we're going to do the postmortem on the Colorado Rockies season. We're going to hand out awards for everybody uh, you know who who actually stood out this year all that stuff and and dive deeper and deeper into this conversation about the Rockies front office what are they doing why are they doing it can it work will continue to be a part of the conversation because it needs to be there um but I I hope we've at least set that up well enough for everyone out there to say we we hear you we feel you it's um it's not easy it is not easy, and uh, just be happy you're not San Diego Padres fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to say one last shot. One last shot. Thank you all for following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure you subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the written content and the discounts and the access to the Discord channel and the free shirt and the free high fives and all the cool stuff that you get. And other than that, we can only ever ask that you continue being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there, regardless of what baseball throws your way. We know you will be. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.